This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 537. And the quote of the day is, it's not what you play, it's how you play it. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 537 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, coming at you. And quickly, I want to talk to you about hearing loss. I have no doubt that as a drummer, you've had ringing in your ears. What you may not realize, though, is anytime you have ringing in your ears, that is permanent hearing loss. And it can happen from just playing drums at a low volume for a few minutes. Now, you have a couple options. You can get those foam earplugs and they're made for construction workers and snoring spouses and they're they're pretty ugly and they don't really fit well. Or you can get Vibes high fidelity earplugs. These are earplugs that are made specifically for musicians just to lower the decibels by 22 decibels. So you get crystal clear clarity while protecting your ear. Plus, they're one size fits all because they have a bunch of different tips that you can use. They're washable, they're reusable, and they're super discreet. So people aren't even going to know that you're using them. They're great. So great. In fact, they were even featured on Shark Tank. The best part is I've teamed up with them and you can get a pair of Vibes for 20 bucks delivered right to your door. All you have to do is go to discovervibes.com and use the promo code RESOURCE. That is discovervibes.com. Use the promo code RESOURCE. You can spend 20 bucks to protect your hearing now or spend a lot of money later in life getting hearing aids and all sorts of different things. Check them out, discovervibes.com. Use the promo code RESOURCE. All right, so let's get into this conversation. This is with Johnny Vodakovich, and this is an interview that I recorded over five years ago, but is still extremely, extremely important, extremely timeless valuable, and it's Johnny Vodakovich. He has tons of useful information, amazing stories. He's a funny guy, but he's an amazing player. And I'm excited to re-release this because, like I said, it probably got buried down there in the cracks somewhere. It's been over five years since I did this interview. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it with Johnny Vodakovich. Johnny, what's happening, man? Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad you called me for it. Man, I am. I just got to tell you, I have. I've been a fan of your playing for years and years and years. And uh, I was down in New Orleans uh, a few years ago, and I missed you. You weren't in town when I was there, and I was upset about it. But I've been a big fan of your playing, still am. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. I really do appreciate it. Cool, cool, cool. But you're gonna you're gonna come back down to New Orleans, right? Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, I love so, New Orleans. is a is a great town, man. I've, I've been there a few times, and uh, every time I'm there, I'm I consider moving there. So <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So speaking of of New Orleans, you're from New Orleans. New Orleans has a a totally um, it's kind of a world into itself, so to speak. It's it's kind of in this small little bubble, and you you're from there. So let's talk a little bit about about growing up in New Orleans because it's like no other place in the world. And and talk about how you got into playing as a young player. Well, growing up in New Orleans, you know, you get to hear a lot of music. Uh, I just think music, especially back in in you know and uh, in, in, in uh, in the fifties and stuff like that, you know, music was pretty much 
a very much the main source of, of, of entertainment. You had movies and stuff like that, you know, but I, mm -hmm. I think mu music was, was pretty much on everybody's, uh, you know, uh, list, you right. know. So there was always music. And, and what was cool about New Orleans is there's a lot of mixed cultures here, you know. Uh, and in the neighborhood I lived in had mixed cultures, you know, where I lived right next to some Spanish people and right next to some uh, Irish people. Uh, we, uh, my family that I, I, I grew up with was uh, a Sicilian family, all immigrants, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so, and we didn't have air conditioning. All the windows were open. So... Right, and we lived in these long shotgun houses, and so right house right next to you, you would hear a whole another language being spoken, and and different kind of music being played, and uh, so uh, I got to hear a lot of these, a lot of different, different ethnic kinds of music like that, you know, mm -hmm. just from just from the whole idea of growing up in a time where there wasn't much air conditioning and there was a lot of windows open and people outside a lot, you know, right, you know. We stayed out, 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 outdoors all day, all day long and half, and half the night, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but and so the music thing w was always always happening, you know. There was always music in the background uh, of anything from radio to uh, 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 radio. That was it mostly, you right, know. Right. You know. Uh, we didn't have a phonograph in the beginning. We got one when I was around ten years old. Up until that time, it was mostly the radio. Uh, but but, but uh, as far as the music in the city goes, I must have to say that where I lived in mid-city, and still do to this day, uh, it, 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 in Mardi Gras time and lots of other times, but especially Mardi Gras, there were several parades that started in this neighborhood. Nowadays, mm -hmm. the parades have a, a standard route that they all the parades use to go, go down these certain streets because it's it's more controllable that way. Back in the old days, parades started all over over town in different places. Right, right. So in my in my neighborhood, several parades started, and I could always hear the drummers and the musicians getting to the parade route, uh, the beginning of the parade route early before the parade, and I could hear them, you know, from my from my grandmother's house, and you know. And either uh, my uncle would walk down there with me, and we could go. I would go look at look at the musicians, and and, and you know, and I was, of course was attracted to the drums, man. The sound mm -hmm. of the drum I could hear all the way from my house, like about four, four, five, six blocks away. So then, you know, uh, as I got older, I could go down there, you know, just with my friends, and uh, and uh, I was very attracted to the music, especially the drums, and. And uh, just sometimes I just follow follow a, a, a drum line, a, a, a band in a parade. I would just be on the sidewalk walking, you know, kind of parallel, just learning the drum beats right. like that, you know, learn and then go home and try to try to Im imitate the drum beats, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, and which which led me, you know, to hey mom, can I have a drum? Hey mom, can I have a drum? Hey mom, can I have a drum? To finally mom gave you get you a drum, you know. Right, right. And and and, and now and, was it know, a full? A full? It wasn't a drum set, just a drum, right? Well, uh, it was just a little drum. Yeah, right, it was right. just a little drum. Mm -hmm. It was just a, you know, yeah, just a little a, a little parade style marching drum. Sure, you know? sure. A little thirty five dollar. Job, but uh, I'm I managed to do a lot of stuff to that little drum, you know. 
and uh, it was a lot of fun. And eventually, uh, I said, "Mama, want a drum set?" And then when she said, "If you get your, if I get your drum set, you got to take some lessons." So I said, "I'll take some lessons." And and uh, it it all turned out good because when I took the lessons, uh, I got a little better. I got I was then I got I was in Dixieland a band like a traditional. Uh, New Orleans music, and we learned all uh, standard uh, songs. I was about 12 years old at the time. And uh, a band called Dunks Honky Tonks. It was all little kids, and this old man taught us all the songs. He owned the junkyard, and every Saturday uh, morning, we'd go to the shed in his junkyard, and, and he would teach us all of these uh, standard uh, New Orleans uh, traditional songs, you know, everything from the Saints to uh, Way Down Young. The New Orleans, Bill Bailey, Won't You Come Home, Mom, uh, Ogalusa Strut, Tiger Rag. He taught us all the tunes, man, you know? Right. And uh, so I, 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 from that, and then when I was in that band, you know, I, 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 the, the older guys in that band would say, hey, come over, I want you to hear this. And I'll go over to that house, and they would let and pl play some funk for me, you know? And I mm -hmm. said, wow, what's that? You know, and then I started learning funk, you know? And then getting the, and then I was in the funk band, you know, and mm -hmm. then and the guys in the funk band would say, "Hey, come over to my house." The older guys, you know, I go over to the house and they play some something like Charlie Parker or, or, or Dizzy Gillespie or, 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 or something like that, and I mm -hmm. listened to that. Then you know, I started learning a little bit about jazz, and you know, and then. Uh, then somebody said, come over to my house, and somebody played some John Coltrane and said, Lord, have mercy, what is that? I don't even understand what's going on. And the cat said, just listen. I said, okay. Right, <laughs> so, right. so, I mean, that's how, that's how things grew for me around here. You know, he was always hanging out with an older dude, you know, and uh, he would always turn me on to something, you know, and just push me another step forward. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, I always talk about um, with people learning different styles and people that grew up in a certain area that you're totally immersed in that culture. And that's the way that you learn all of these things because you're living it, you're eating it, you're breathing it, you're sleeping it every single day. And, you know, I, I was down in Puerto Rico and there's there's a kid playing salsa and he sounds it's like the best salsa I've ever heard. But then he uh -huh. plays a rock beat and he kind of feels like. Uh, you know, it kind of sounds like a white dude in the States trying to play a salsa beat, you know, it's like, uh -huh. yeah. and so how do you suggest that people who weren't born in New Orleans or who weren't born in these cultures to, to start to learn this music and really immerse themselves inside of it? Because not to take anything away from what you've done, but you've lived there your whole life. So it just makes sense to you. Yeah. Uh, I think you have to have a taste of it, you know? So I think it, you know, I mean, I, it, 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 it it's already being to start started writing down in books. You know, people have starting to write the stuff down. You know, uh, which is kind of weird because it's it's not too, in my opinion, a lot of folk music. I don't think it's written down. I do, there is a lot of folk music that's written down. It's been transcribed, mm -hmm. but there's a whole lot of folk music that's not written down sure. and that hasn't been uh, transcribed. So uh, uh, you can only do so much with the books that have been put out in in, in the last uh, twenty five years, I would say, maybe mm -hmm. twenty yeah, twenty six years. You know, I'm trying to think of the first time I started seeing a street beat in, in a drum book, other than the one that uh, from the videos that uh, 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 we made uh, twenty. 
20 years ago, 22 years ago, uh, New Orleans Street Beat Drumming. Mm -hmm. uh, those videos are pretty helpful, you know. You can learn a lot from those videos, but I still think in order to get the real smell of it, you know, that you, you have to spend a little time down here and, 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 and watch the kids who are just learning, just beginning to learn how to, how to play it and what they're going to do with it and how it's going to evolve. Because mm -hmm. at this state, at this state in the music, and it has been, it's, an, it, 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 it's, a, it's a natural characteristic of this music we're talking about, to constantly grow a little bit. It seems like it's not changing because they always use a lot the, uh, uh, in traditional, they use the, what, the brass band setting. So right. nowadays, young cats are still using the brass band approach, but the material uh, is evolving, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, they're evolving. So, but they're keeping, what I like is the fact that they're maintaining some of the integrity of, of, of the tradition. You know, they haven't blown off tradition. They're still doing certain things just the way they were done a long time ago. It's just young cats, you know, Putting a, putting a little bit of a spin on it, but not too much of a spin to lose touch with the, uh, you know, the essence of of the music. And I think it's folk music, you know, mm -hmm. is what it is. This New Orleans uh, style music, I think, it's very much folk music, you know, because right. it was created by. Uh, it was create. It's coming from, uh, you know, you cut. It's coming from slaves, you know, and it's coming from. Uh, it's coming from 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 people who would do things in uh and maybe not such a academic way or or a lip, a lot more uh, uh unorthodox you know right right you know? so uh i think what 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 one needs to do to get more knowledge about it is to do a little hang here you know mm -hmm. and then just really open up your ears, you know, and mm -hmm. ask questions. And uh, I, I see lots of guys pick up the style fairly easy, you know, mm -hmm. some easier than others. Some guys, you, you just have to correct them and say, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing everything right, but your approach to the drum is too, is too uh, academic. It's too, right. uh, it's too military. It looks, mm -hmm. like, it, look, it looks like a military thing sometimes when you look at a New Orleans drummer, but it's really not. It's right. almost like a little small drum drum set uh, when he's playing the stuff on a snare drum, but he's really riding on that snare drum like he's riding on on a cymbal. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not playing a snare drum like a hand to hand rudimental drummer at all. Right. You know, right. the right hand has one function, the left hand has another. You know, like on a drum set. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and a lot of New Orleans drumming is uh, is that way, except you use, you only have one snare drum, you know, and then you got your, your your buddy on the bass drum, you know, holding the whole band together. He's he's just, he's the main cat in the band, the guy on the bass drum, right? You know. So then, so over the years, they just all of these instruments were separated and just started to come together, and people started putting everything onto one kit, right? Well. <clears throat> Yes, and that's when the bass drum pedal was invented. Mm -hmm. You know, when 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 uh, when a pe when it, I think I think I think the story goes in history the way I heard it. And I don't really know, but uh, you know, when uh, brass bands, of course, would not sound good in the parlor 
of 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 a brothel. You know, they usually had a piano. They usually had a piano player. But then, you know, the music had a lot of bounce and things. So, so you know, they would say, be cool with a drummer, you know, because the brass bands have the drummers and they're out there. But we can't, we can't bring all them, all them two drummers up in here with a piano. It right. just don't make sense. <clears throat> so, you know, they decide, they found out, you know, put the bass drum on the floor, put a pedal on it. Yeah. You just have to use one guy, you know. And a lot of people lost their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and and, and 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 a lot of ladies made a lot of money. Right. <laughs> Brought the drums inside. It's and, a give and uh, take. <laughs> yeah. So let, I I I've watched so many videos of you talking about um just about New Orleans drumming and also you know the club and talking about twelve and 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 thinking in that in terms of twelve and elongating things and can we can we dig dig into that a little bit because the stuff that you talk about and the way that you explain it I can never explain it the way that you do um, just about about hearing all of these different things that are going on at the same time within grooves. Well. People asked, asked, you know, uh, where do you think New Orleans drumming got its roots? And I say from Africa, mm -hmm. specifically, specifically the uh, the club that is the most popular, which is the one that says boom, tack, boom, tack, boom, 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 that that one there. I I think. I think it definitely comes from the African uh, mother beat, the twelve eight club, club, mm -hmm. which is more like boom to chicken and gun 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 boom to black at the thick at the thick at the boom to chicken and dow 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 boom to chicken and dow dow dow, which is really bop bop bow 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 bop bop bow 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 bop, which is a two three club. And if you take that and you put that into eight eight, and you put and give it some drum music, you got one two one. Two, three, one, two, one, three, four, one. So, so you basically you got a two, three club there. You got bop, 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 bop. One, two, one, two, three, one. So there's a two, three club there, and a little bit more of a straighter eight, eight feeling as opposed to a bow, 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 bucket the bucket the bow, bow, bow. It's still the same. You know, groupings, two groupings, then three groupings, you right. know, of accents. So uh, if you would have asked me where it came from, it came from Africa, migrated in the ships down in the islands where it picked up the 8-8, mm -hmm. which also brought brought into play this little beat here, which is another 2-3 club. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. I want to be... And that's a very common Latin club, you know, like tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from me, it's the same beat. Like a bossa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a, lot, a lot looser. You right. Know, the, eighth, the eighth note is, is, is almost swinging. Mm -hmm. It's almost it's almost like a, like a, like a shuffle, but not it's not not that shuffle, and it but it's not that straight. So people say it's in a crack. Right. It's in right. a crack somewhere between the eighth note and a triplet. 
Well, and that's the thing that a lot of people talk about with New Orleans music is that that it's not swung and it's not straight. It's it's like you said in the crack and. You know, I think a lot of people have a hard time conceptualizing that and, and playing it and hearing it that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, so what's a, you know, how do you get to that point? How do you, well, how do you hear it that way? I, I, I do a lot of teaching and uh, uh, for everybody to get to that point, sometimes you have to take different, there's no one way to get to that point. Right. You know, so, so uh, uh, the way I, uh, you know, I, I get different students, and depending on the student up in here who's, you know, wanting to get it, I'm going to do different things to him. Like, if in this case here, yeah, I, I, like, we, we just, since we already said the word bossa nova, I just try to get him to play a bossa nova and make it swing. Right. You know, almost like a shuffle with the right hand and playing the accents with the left. And then if he adds that accent on, 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 in the second measure on beat four on his bass drum, then he's basically got the street beat, right? You know, mm-hmm. and the, re- the rest. The only thing he's got to do, do do now is take some 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 stuff out, All right? You know, it's good edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, use let use less than the left hand, and make sure the left the left hand is not not very good because mm-hmm. you know when you don't want it, you don't want it to sound like you like you studied music, right? It, it's folk music. It's not academic school music it's not you know uh music of a virtuoso it's workers music it's the common man's music it's folk music mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be over overthought it shouldn't be overworked it shouldn't be over overdone you know what i mean it's got to be it's got to be uh it's got to be everybody's music well i think that i think that uh everybody always overthinks everything you know, mm-hmm. especially when it when it comes to music, and if they don't know what they're playing, you know, it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta play this thing, and then I heard this, and so I gotta put that in there because that makes it authentic, you know, rather than uh-huh. just letting it breathe and and do its thing, you know. Uh-huh. Um, well, I'll, I'll, you know, one of the main things that bugged me at first was, man, when people asked a long time ago when I first started teaching, people said, oh, I want to learn that street beat stuff that 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 you do. I said, uh oh. I, I didn't have an answer for him, you know, because right. I just, I just, that's the kind of stuff you do as a kid and you, and you learn how to do it. And, and, you know, you, you know, it's, it's not in a book or it's not on a paper or nobody said do this or that. You just kind of imitate it and you do it. And then you wind up by the time you're, you're, you're 13, 14 years old, you're doing it, you know, you're right. just doing it, you know? And then, then, then 10 years later, somebody asks you, teach it to me i'm going whoa uh, okay well just sit next to me and you know right. sit next to me and try to get with me that's how i first started to teach it to people right then right. i <clears throat> then i still don't use paper or pen you know to teach it to people you know i i just use words because i don't want it to be in in academia you know right, right. i want i want it to be passed from my mouth you know, to, to give him, you know, tell him some stuff about it verbally or just say, look, let me show you some stuff. What am I doing with my left hand? I'm dragging it. I'm dragging it on a drum. Nothing like any rudiment, nothing like anything a drum teacher would tell you to do. As a matter of fact, if a drum teacher saw you doing that, he would tell you, don't do that. Right. And if I would say, play the stick in this way, 
because it goes more along with the right leg, the right hand is, is connected physically, mm-hmm. scientifically. And, you know, the brain runs the right, the right side. I said, if you make the stick in this way, it's going to be easier. But, sure. if a drum, but if a drum teacher were to watch me do that, he would say, oh, no, 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 no. No, you alternate those sticks. You alternate those sticks. But not necessarily in New Orleans street beat music. You don't necessarily alternate the sticks like Professor Drum says, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, you got to. You know, it's, it's funny that you say it, that you're explaining it this way. And the first thing that I thought about when you said this is it's almost like riding a bike. And it's not like you can teach somebody how to ride a bike. You can be like, yeah, you get on it and you start pedaling. But it's like, but how do you keep your balance? And it's like, I don't know. How do you teach somebody how to keep their balance? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't write that down. You can't. It's a feeling. So when you're right. going back, you're like, all right, you got to get it right so that you don't fall to the left or fall to the right. Right. You know, that's kind of that's exactly what yeah. I thought about when you were hearing that, that you're yeah. like, you can't really teach it. You know? well, I, um, I think that's the mailman. <laughs> I think the mailman has arrived. <laughs> I guess dogs still hate mailmen, huh? <laughs> I just tell them in the mail to it, Johnny. Right, right. <laughs> so now, um, some of the uh, some of the stuff that you talk about a lot is melodic playing melodically, melodic phrasing, and hearing things differently. And I th- I think that a lot of drummers run into hearing things as like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, and hearing it in these small bits of information yes. and. Can we talk a little bit about like elongating the elongating phrases and hearing things in a in a bigger sense, um, uh-huh. so that you get a better feel of of the tune and the melody and playing melodically on the instrument? Yeah, that that's probably the most essential thing in playing modern music is uh, that the drummer has a concept of the song. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if he, if he just has a concept of the a drum beat that'll fit it, it what it's gonna lack phrasing, it's gonna lack breathing, it's gonna lack the proper respect that you give to a song. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta first of all realize that you there to serve the song. Now, you said something about drums going this way, and you and you went like that. You moved your hand up and down vertically. Right. Uh, that's harmonic rhythm, and yes, that's pretty much the way drums go. Very vertical, you know, and, uh, and what I call harmonic rhythm. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I'm thinking, you can also go melodic rhythm, which is linear, and it's very horizontal. Rhythm can also be that way. Right. The, the melody of a rhythm, you know. So when I, I try to get drummers to un, uh, who, who feel stiff or... Uh, you know, is to just play the rhythm of the melody. Stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know? And, I, and also, to, to, to conceptualize a phrase... Don't conceptualize each beat one, two, three, four, like that, up and down, but to capsulize eight beats, just like a clob can can take eight beats and and make one out of it. Like, for example, one, two, three, four, ba, 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 one, ba, 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 one, ba, 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 one. 
So now, now I'm not thinking anymore. One, two, three, four, one, two. I'm thinking ba 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 you know, but 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 thinking of it more horizontal, you know, and capsulizing eight beats into one phrase. Mm-hmm. One one time through the clave is eight beats. So if I'm feeling that dance inside of me, cl- dancing to that clave, then I don't have to worry about each beat. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing so vertical, up and down, straight up and down anymore. Right now, now I'm starting to become much more melodic. And the more you sing and breathe, don't be afraid of spaces. A lot of drummers, all they want to do is fill up a space, you know? Mm-hmm. You just, you just, you know, you have to not be afraid of the space, you know, and, 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 and let the music pull you. That's why I like to uh, get the guys to kind of do some sort of melodic, rhythmic singing to what they're doing. Probably like, da 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 Right. And so I'm playing off a happy was birthday. Was that happy birthday? <laughs> yes, it was. And but I'm improvising off of sure. it. Sure. You know? Yeah, it's sure. too it's too it's an easy song to work with. First of all, you know it before you know how to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, happy birthday. So you should be able to know the song in your head. You should have no problem maintaining that melody and being able to make variations. That's what they call jazz, improvising, make variations. That's all jazz is, is variations on a theme, a melody, giving chord changes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're doing the same thing on the drums, you know. You got to play the same game with the music that the other musicians. Otherwise, you're going to be a drummer. And it's best to be a musician than a drummer. It's better to be just a mediocre drummer, but a good musician, as opposed to be a great, phenomenal drummer, but a a, a mediocre musician. It's much more important to be a great musician. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's interesting putting it like that, and and you know, I think that everybody's goal is to be a musician. You know, not like you said, not just a drummer. And saying, hey, yeah, you know, it's like the old joke. Hey, you know, can you play can you play paradiddles at two hundred twenty beats a minute? Yes, I can. Okay, can you play them with your feet? Yeah, I can. Did I get the gig? It's like no. That's why we fired the last guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you play Misty with a pair of brushes? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um. You know, uh, there's so many people that credit you to their success and being an, an inspiration to their playing, and and just because of of what you've accomplished in your career and and the lessons and the message that you've been sending to drummers for years. So, what's your response to that when guys like Brian Blade or, or Stanton Moore credit you as as their inspiration and their their heroes and the guys that really inspire them to become who they are? Well. Uh, that that's the reward, you know. I mean, you get a certain reward when you play music and people clap and everybody loves you and they want to shake your hand and all of that. The reward you get from teaching comes much later. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it comes much later. It's no instant gratification at all in teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a little painful sometimes. Uh, but when guys, especially guys like Brian and uh, Stanton and a, a whole bunch of other great guys, man, when, when they give me, when, when they say nice things, when I open up a downbeat and I read this beautiful stuff that Brian Blade said about me, you know, or, or I'll open up modern drum and read this nice stuff. Stan's, Stan's always saying, man, if you know you got to talk to Johnny Vidagrit, you got to talk to Johnny Vidagrit. He, he is. He you always know, is. You know, I got to get, you know, uh, I, what I feel is that's my reward. And, 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 and uh, it's really a great feeling to that when your students acknowledge you, at, even after they so, you know, they've gone far away from you, they don't really ever do, right? You know, uh, especially Stanton. I was I gonna say Stanton's in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, we, you know, we hang hard, and uh, uh, but it, you know, it, 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 it makes me, it, it makes me very thankful. Mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, 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 it's it's close to a little. Uh, you feel good about yourself, right? You know, and 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 I'm and then I can sit back and I say. I guess it, you know. I guess I said the right stuff. You right. Know? It's, you know, I, it's funny that you say that. I years ago, I I sent. Um, I actually met Stanton just walking through. Uh, I was at one of those concerts in the park on a Wednesday in New Orleans, and and bumped into him. Ended up talking to him. Emailed him back and forth a few times, and I was asking about some advice of you know creating a or making a career in music and you know any advice that he could give me and i said how did you do it and he said well i didn't really have a choice he said johnny vidakovich told me that if i was going to stay in town that's cool but if not if i was going to stay there and and not tour he said that he was personally going to come and kick my ass (laughs) (laughs) and i said okay he said so i really have to credit johnny for that um so was there did you see something in him that that you knew that you know, he had to go out and really, and really uh, show show what he could do to the world because because he had that special talent. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I immediately noticed in him his his appetite was much larger than the music, mm-hmm. and that if, that if he just uh, hung around and lived off the music, man, he would he would maybe uh, it wouldn't be good 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 and healthy for him. He had the kind of appetite that had to be involved moving, doing things, you know, he, he understood a much bigger picture than most musicians did. Right. And he, he understood that from b- the beginning. He had, he, I did not understand this when, when I was his age. He understands, sees a much bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that in him when he studied, because when, we, when, we, when we did stuff when he was very young, you know, when he was like 17 years old, 16 years old, we would do stuff and he would come back and say, oh, you know that blah, 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 what you showed me here, what you showed me there? Look, I, I add these other eight things to it. Look, check this out. You know, he would do like eight right. variations on, on, <laughs> on, 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 on one or two things that I showed him. So, you know, that, that knocked me out. Right, know? right. Yeah, I had a, uh, a little shed session with him a couple months ago and he was showing me all the stuff that he was doing with brushes. And he's like, but then I started putting this in. So then uh-huh. I took this, you know, this Philly Joe thing, and then I mixed it with this John Bonham thing, and I did. And I'm, 
Uh-huh. I'm like, where do you even come up with this stuff? Yeah, he did, he did me that. He, 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 he would come in the middle of the week when it wouldn't even be his lesson time, you know? Right. I'd be knocking on the door. And I said, what the hell are you doing here? Said, You're not supposed to be here to Thursday. But he says, yeah, but I got to show you this. I said, he's pushing his way in the door, you know? I got to show you this. I said, you know that brush thing you show me? Watch this. <laughs> I can play it with my feet. <laughs> you know, I just, it was one of those kind, you know? You couldn't keep him off the front porch. Right, right. Well, that's great, man. Yeah. And Speaking of you being a, a master teacher, you've recently started doing Skype lessons, right? I just had, yeah, just started yesterday. Nice. Oh, it was just yesterday? Just yesterday was my first one. Oh, awesome. How'd it go? I, really a lot easier than I thought. I was, I was thinking it was, wasn't going to be easy, and I was thinking that it would be cold, but it turned out to be uh, very easy, and uh, the gen- the gen- the gentleman that I, I, I was I was uh, Josh I uh, forget his last name but uh man he was slamming and uh uh it was it turned out to be really nice that's awesome that's so awesome I'm looking forward to tomorrow I think I got two or three of them nice so if anybody wants to study with you um, what's the best way to get in touch with you the best way to get in touch with me is to talk to my wife Deborah mm-hmm. and you can email her at jvidakovich at cox.net okay and what i'll do is like i said every every interview gets a uh gets a show notes page so i'll put all of your contact information up on there as well because i strongly strongly urge all the listeners out there to take some time and study with johnny he is definitely the real deal and uh i mean just by this this conversation i'm like man i gotta i gotta set some time aside to to do some studying with you as well Hey, do yourself a favor and check out Promark's Select Balance Drumsticks. These sticks give players the ability to fine-tune their standard stick model to fit their playing style. Let me give you an example. If you play rock or country or metal, check out the forward balance. These are front-weighted and give you enhanced power and speed. If you are playing jazz or funk or gospel, then check out the rebound balance. These are rear-weighted and gives you more finesse and more agility. Plus, they're made by Promark, which you know you're going to get a quality product because they control the entire process from the forest to the finished drumstick. Plus, they're paired by pitch and by weight, so there's zero guesswork when you're grabbing that stick out of your stick bag. Do yourself a favor. Check them out by going to Promark.com. If you're looking for a top-of-the-line snare, then look no farther than the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab series. These are designed to combine sound concepts to create unique and personal instruments for the demanding player. They come in three unique variations, and they all have their own unique sound quality to them. You have the Heartbreaker, which is dark and rustic and throaty. You have the Cherry Bomb, which is vintage, controlled, and precise. And then you have the Equinox, which will give you that classic, bright, articulate sound. To learn more about the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab series, go to mapexdrums.com. So what advice do you have um, for, for people that are coming up now or, or, or players that are just really trying to, to step up their game? And what do you see other drummers doing that you're kind of like, ah, oh, man, I wish they just knew this or, or a, a piece of advice do you have for people in, in their playing? Um. If 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 you you know if if you're at the stage where you uh, I think I'm always learning stuff from observing people. A lot of observation I think is 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 one good study for uh, all drummers at on any level. Just to observe other drummers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, but the thing I'm going to tell all drummers, especially the, the, the younger ones, don't get hung up into playing the drums. Make sure you very much know about lyrical qualities, things that are lyrical. And I don't mean lyrics. I mean as in song-like, as in breath, as in phrases. Think a little bit more melodic, what I call melodic rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, don't you know, don't always think so up and down, but there is time and a place, you know, to think of vertical, you know, strong, solid, uh, timely things when you have, when you're required to play that. But when you have the, when you have the liberty to play maybe in a more jazz context or a more improvised context, then, then you should be thinking also in terms of a, a, a melodic rhythm, which is horizontal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I would say take easy songs that are simple, like I did Happy Birthday. It could be any song that's easy and learn to make variations of it, rhythmic, melodic variations. Mm-hmm. Take, take a breath when you're playing. Learn how to breathe properly. Make your music sound more like a song. Imagine that the drum set has a mouthpiece on it and you have to blow air through it. And then you're going to start taking your time Mm -hmm. and you will be less afraid of space. And uh, then you'll start making phrases also because you have to take a breath. You know, so I say to all drummers, keep checking people out. And one thing I find it's, it's important is to try to imitate another instrument. Instead of trying to imitate another drummer, I'm trying to play like, like uh, I like the way Charlie Rouse plays saxophone. Mm-hmm. I li- and, and when I was young, I, I, I transcribed a few drums, drum solos when I was about 18, 19, some Philly Joe, some Tony Williams, and uh, uh, maybe one, one, one or two other drummers, uh, uh, Frankie Dunlop for sure. Uh, and, and but then only transcribed four or five. So then I immediately started transcribing the rhythm of what Thelonious Monk was playing on a piano, the rhythm of what Stan Getz was playing on a saxophone, mm-hmm. and then I tried to play those rhythms on a drum. Of course, I couldn't play the notes, but I could play the rhythms and move around the drums. Sure. What's cool? What's cool about the drums is you can't hit a wrong note because they don't have notes. <laughs> right. Right. So you can sing from the inside and in your throat and in your mouth and in your stomach and you can hit anything. And if that intention of song that you have within you is coming out and you're hitting anything on drums, it's going to sound great. Because mm-hmm. you're thinking melodically, you're thinking lyrically, you're thinking of the song, you're thinking of the harmonic changes, you know. You're learning to improvise while you're hearing changes. I'd say to all drummers, Get behind that piano. Make it your best friend. You know, that's going to teach you everything you need to know about music. Sure. When, when Cats and, and let's say, the Astral Project, a band I play with, uh, when, they, when they have something difficult that I can't really hear because they, they, they write complex compound harmonies, you know, uh, chords on top of chords and stuff, I'll take the, the lead sheet home with me, sit at, sit at the piano, Learn a bass note, learn a melody note, so so my ears will learn to be able to hear the song as they're improvising. Sure, you know that way when I'm because behind the drums I don't have any notes to hold on to. I can't say, oh, oh, that's a, that, that's an F. Uh, 
sorry. The dogs, the, the dogs were telling you that it's a D, yeah. not an F. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 uh, uh, you know, to listen, listen. L- listen to the melod- the melodic content and 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 and, uh, and, and take the piano because and, and and learn the song you know maybe to change just so you can hear the the uh, the uh, harmonic rhythm to understand the song when when you're playing it behind the drums because you don't have any notes on the drums to hold on to mm-hmm. you can't tap the drum and say oh that's an F so I know where they are in the song now right. Right. You can't do that. You know, you have to know. You have to be so. You have to get your ear to know the song. Right, knowing the melody and knowing. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to play the song on drums because you don't have notes. Right. You right. Know? So, so you should know it. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to backtrack a little bit. You had mentioned about taking a breath, and they say that when people are talking and if they don't know what or they they say um all the time in between words it's yeah. because they're afraid of silence self-consciously they're they're not they don't realize it but they're afraid of silence and i think that musicians do the same thing and all the extra notes that they're putting in there is them saying uh i uh um uh because they don't you know they're afraid of that silence that you talked about i like that man that's that's exactly right i think yeah uh, it was just, just kind of was thinking about it as you were as you were saying that because I know that I remember uh, in spe- I had speech class in college. Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. People fear it more than dying, actually. And uh, but they said that one of the things they say um all the time because people are afraid of space. And I'm thinking, well, musicians are afraid of space too, I guess, or drummers, yeah. es- drummers especially because, like you said, there's no wrong note. You can play as many notes as you want, and yeah, it won't matter. Don't have to breathe either, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you don't have to stop playing to breathe the drums, but you. Right. That, uh, but I'm saying you do, you know. Mm-hmm. You do it to make it music. Right. To make right. it, and, and as a drummer, your, your goal should be to make music, not not to make good drum. Right. Man, make, I, I make I, good music. I totally, I totally agree. I was, I told this story last week on another podcast, but I was in LA and there was this drummer and he's playing all over everything. And this guy was phenomenal. He had chops for days, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. sound like he had seven hands. Uh-huh. And so he's playing and then they go into the solo section. I'm like, he's not going to play like this over all the solos. <laughs> oh, he did. All, all through all the solos. So then they said, give the drummer some. And I'm like, well, this he's already had way What's too much as it is. So he does his solo. And had he done that solo out, coming out of playing, you know, playing, uh, not overplaying and just playing mu- musically and then played that solo, he'd have, blew, he'd have blown everybody's doors off. Uh-huh. He played his solo. People were just kind of like, eh. Uh-huh. Because yeah, that's what he'd been playing the whole time, right, right, you know, right. and it's Everything like, you know, <laughs> right, right. So it's like, we already know all the stuff that you can do. There was no, there was no, uh, you know, culminating into this solo or anything. It was just like him playing at 11 the whole time. Anyway, it was, yeah. it was a shame because he was such technically he was sound, you know, he's an amazing player, but just like, there's no music coming out of it. You know, I, I think as, as we grow older as drummers, it's really important to every now and then to step back a, a minute and say, you know, it's, i got to clean house a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff in my playing that needs to be edited, you know, because right. the years go by and you keep accumulating a whole bunch of knowledge, you, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, knowledge and stuff, you know, right. and you, you just have to... Uh, Oh, was that the was that the bottle of Pellegrino? Hold on a minute, I knocked over some. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> I, saw, 
at a symbolic accident. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So where were what were we saying? Uh, uh, oh, cleaning house and, and cleaning and, house, cleaning house. Yeah, I was saying I said you know you know we 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 pick up a lot of stuff you know all the time as drummers and uh, I think you know as you grow older there's certain things you say you know what I you know, I don't need to play this foolishness no more you know this mm-hmm. is kind of, this is kind of silly this you know just make sure that you know you're not you're not you're not just rambling on with some old stuff that really has no more heart to it, you know, or mm-hmm. does you know, for one reason or another is just doesn't need to be happening anymore. You right. know? Now this may sound like a silly question, but how do you, how do you go about doing it? How do you edit out some of this stuff? How do you know what's, you know, essentially what you should keep and what should go? Well, uh, mostly, Mostly, I, I kind of ponder on it for a moment. How musical is it? Mm-hmm. How does it sound pretty to me? Is it lyrical? Is what I'm doing sound uh, like I'm like I'm opening up something inside of my heart? Does it sound a little more personal? Or what can I do to make this more personal? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of what I'm talking about just naturally comes with age, right? You know, and all you have to do is not deny it. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, it makes total sense. So, what's next for you? What's on What's on the horizon for you? You've had a You've had quite the storied career, but I'm sure that there's there's still things that you want to do and still things that you want to work on. So, what's on tap for you? Well, uh just you know making them gigs yeah make it make them and just keep making them gigs like i'm making them you know mm-hmm. and keep on teaching and keep on doing what i'm doing and uh, i'm lucky that i have you know f- some great friends to play with you know mm-hmm. and my boys in the astral project we've been together for a long time you know and, and we still do a lot of things together you know not as much as we used to because we don't want to uh, travel in a van anymore we gave that up after about 35 years right you know we're just taking trips uh either flying in a subway or flying out stuff like that and then we're playing around town uh and then uh and i got my thursday night gig at the maple leaf you know and that's always like uh very inspiring and fresh because it's always different guys right so so for me that that's that's kind of always a new thing even though i've been doing it a lot you know every mm-hmm. thursday it's 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 always new because it's always different guys and it's and it's usually never rehearsed and so therefore everybody has to step up to the plate a little bit more and make it happen and uh usually it, it's a lot of fun Nice. You know, so I have a lot of fun playing, and I and I'm lucky to have uh, great students and in a you know a beautiful family and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing, man. Good. I I, I like I like when people are happy, man. That's the most important thing. You know, uh, you I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lucky dog, man. <laughs> so one last question for you. Let's let's uh, talk gear real quick. What kind of what's your typical setup that you play? Um. Well, a lot of times I'm playing backline, but uh, from when I'm playing my own stuff, I got DW stuff, mm-hmm. uh, some DW drums that they uh, that they uh, uh, made up for me, real nice, real nice ones, and uh, I like those. 
and uh, I have I've been playing Crescent Symbols, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a, a new company that uh, Michael Vosfine and and Stanton Moore and I think uh, uh, what's his name the drummer um, uh, Hammer Jeff guy. Jeff Hamilton yeah I think uh, Hamilton mm-hmm. I think they're all part of that company or something like that yep. and and so I, I'm, I'm I'm playing those symbols and uh, I've been playing Regal Tip Sticks for for uh, a long time. 30 years or so mm. and uh aquarian heads roy burns is really great to me yeah man you know i'm a yeah. i'm an aquarian uh artist myself so i love him i've been knowing roy since uh back in the, in the late 60s early 70s when i was the house drummer at the playboy club oh nice yeah that's when i first met him hmm. yeah he, and uh so what else um uh, sticks and cymbals and drums and heads what size? What size drums you use? Uh, eighteen inch kicks. I, I have two kits. One's one's like a, a little eighteen, you know, a twelve and a fourteen tom tom, and and another kit's a, a little more uh, bigger. It's like a twenty inch bass drum with a nine by thirteen and a sixteen by sixteen floor tom, you know, and a couple little different snare drums, you know. Right, right. Different. Some are pop, some are warm, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, 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 really nice stuff. Really, I like it. Good, good to hear. Yeah. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for for taking all this time to chat with me today, man. man. I really, I really appreciate it. You opened up my mind to a lot of things. I know you opened up the listeners' minds to a lot of Thanks. things as well, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. We'll have to do okay. it again sometime. And I'll be looking for you when you come down in New Orleans. Right? I'm definitely, definitely looking you up when I come down. All right, bro. I absolutely am. And for all the listeners out there, uh, go to drummersresource.com and check out Johnny's interview and find his contact information on there. Contact his wife, set up some lessons, and uh, you will not be you will not be let down. That I can promise you. So, and Johnny, thank you again, man. Thank you so much, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Peace. There you have it, the one and only Johnny Vidakovich. Check out the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 539. If you dig the podcast, leave a rating, leave a review. That lets people know that this is a good podcast to listen to. And other than that, that's all I got. I'll be back on Friday with another episode. Until then, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be talking to you soon. Peace.